Hello, everybody, and welcome to the New Mentality Show, where we dig deep on the subject of men's mental health. I am your host, Positive Energy Phil, and I am excited to create a new mentality with you. Yeah. So I'm here today with my buddy, Ryan Phillips. And I'm excited to have a chat about men's mental health. I feel like we both have a lot of great things to share in our conversation today that is going to bring a lot of positive value to anyone listening today. So thanks for having, thanks for coming on the show today, Ryan. How are you doing, man? Absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for having me on. And uh, yeah, fire away. I'm an open book. So uh, yeah, men's mental health. God, I, I I, I don't want to put myself on a pedestal, but I think I could probably be the poster boy. <laughs> well, I feel like we're going to be great probably collect about uh, a billion others that could join us on that big poster too. So uh, yeah, the world over. <laughs> Absolutely, man. So yeah. let's jump into the first question. You know, I would love to ask you, you know, how did your relationship with your male role models have an impact on your mental health? Was there something that stood out to you as being you know, particularly impactful in that journey? Well, I mean, psychologically, it's been proven that we take on habitually and subconsciously the programming. Uh, usually it's about to the age of seven, seven or eight, where we're pretty much programmed by our environment and obviously the influences of our parents or whoever's, uh, you know, helping us grow up and grow into the person that we are uh, intended to be in the grand spectrum of the universe. So, um, you know, my father was my role model. My father was a national champion track star. Uh, he was the first uh, Canadian to jump six feet in the high jump. Everything he did was to the best of the best. And, you know, uh, father's footsteps, uh, you know, those were uh, tough footsteps to follow in. Um, but you know, my dream was, was hockey. Uh, there was no plan B, even though I played almost every sport under the sun, other than cricket. And, um, you know, I aspired to be the best of the best of what I could be on every team and be a leader. And, you know, that a lot of that was, you know, obviously instilled, uh, and ingrained in me, you know, from such a young age from my father. Um, you know, I, I had a love for sport, uh, especially hockey. And, you know, there was no pressure put on me uh, until I think my dad realized that I had, you know, God-given gifts that were, you know, just, you know, obviously it was, you know, the gift of creativity, but that was ignited also because my love for the game, you know, uh, just, you know, with a ball and the stick. And, you know, um, I, I just, I love the game so much until the, I felt the pressure being put on me by my dad. It, it, was, it was, he didn't know what he was doing. He, he had no clue that, you know, he was pushing me. And when it got to the point where it was like, you know, that pushing or say pressure, you know, came into the, you know, the realm of my vortex um, where I felt that it wasn't as fun anymore. And if you're not doing what's, uh, what you love and what is fun, then it becomes a task. And Sometimes those tasks, uh, especially with something that we love, that turns into something that we have a bit of a love-hate relationship, uh, it takes a toll on our psyche. Uh, not so much then, because we're not as aware as, well, in some cases we are, but as we grow older, 
and, you know, certain things start to kick in and, you know, we're on this planet for a certain allotted, uh, amount of time, uh, we start revisiting a lot of those uh, pr programs, so to speak. And uh, they can kick us in the ass and we look back and we're just like, what the F-U-C-K? And, um, you know, all, all we can really do is kind of hone in on, you know, what is beneficial to our overall well-being in the present moment which is usually our nervous system. And so we got to kind of clean that nervous system out with a lot of the emotional baggage that we took on as children and then through growing up, whatever it may be. So yeah. thank you for sharing that with us, man. I really appreciate you telling us about that experience. And, I, you know, there was definitely a couple of things that kind of jumped out at me as I had a, some similar experiences in some regard with my father as well. I found that you know, that, like you had mentioned, when, when our father's seen that kind of potential within us, when they've seen that ability to achieve what they viewed as maybe great things, it was really kind of the natural way of the role of a father, you know, when we were kind of growing up as kids, that to push and to kind of motivate and to be hard on them and give the tough love and, you know, push you to be the best you could be. And I believe that's always been something that it has, is a bit of a double-sided sword, as you had mentioned, and a little bit as well, in terms of, you know, my father was very similar. He was always pushing me to be the best I could be, always kind of, you know, if I was to get a, like an 85 on a percent, a test at school, for example, it would always be, well, where's the 100? You know, if I score two goals in the hockey game, well, where's the hat trick? You know, it, 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 there was always, you did well, but you could have done better. And that, yeah. that desire for perfection or that desire to be the best, I believe, you know, did motivate and bring out some of the, our strong gifts. But as you mentioned, also in the long run, brought out some of the mental um, programming that would come along with the fear of that lack of perfection. So example, for example, I know in my own life, fear of failure, fear, fear of failure became something that was a challenge at various parts of my journey because I told myself I had to be perfect and if I wasn't perfect I wasn't good enough but when you're seeking a, an ideal of perfection that doesn't really exist and it's just sort of a, a construct within your mind more than anything else I feel like it is you know it kind of creates that roller coaster of that hamster wheel of perennially telling yourself you're not good enough because you're not quite as good as you wanted to be or as you hope to be. And so that, that's something I could really relate to. And alongside that, you know, how seeing how as a father now that has impacted my role with my kids, where I catch myself doing the same things and go, man, I didn't like that when I was growing up. Why am I doing the same things? Why, where did that thought pattern come from? Why is it so ingrained in who I am? And it sounds like that was something you can relate to as well. Well, absolutely. And, and the thing is, is like, I believe there is no such thing as failure. You know, uh, failing is, is, is a word. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, it's a matter of just trying, you know, just trying to do your best. And, you know, at the end of the day, there's no such thing as perfection. We're perfectly imperfect. Those are just words. And, you know, it takes a little bit of, uh, you know, maybe growing up and, and separating yourself from uh, the programming, so to speak, and the people that you associate yourself well with. But, you know, at the end of the day, 
as long as we show up to be the best version of ourselves, which is going to vary from day to day, you know, um, you might have woken up on the wrong side of the bed, so to speak, not feeling so good and inside your head. And then an hour later, you're on the beam and you're feeling uh, connected source and you're, you know, you're just flown and rolling and everything's great. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, life isn't linear, you know, it's uh, the, the peaks and the valleys are what makes up the journey of our human experience. So, um, you know, the subconscious mind is 10,000 times more powerful than the conscious mind. So when we're planting those seeds on a daily basis within life experience that's happening in time, space, reality of nanoseconds and light speed, so to speak, um, we got to be very careful what we, you know, feed our subconscious storehouse yeah. and that's creating our physical reality. You know, really just holographic images of the universe projecting themselves to a, a human nervous system becoming self-aware. So when we can become say, like the watcher behind the actual person that is actually projecting themselves in this, you know, 3D reality that we call Earth, you know, um, our higher faculties, so to speak, and that started, you know, they can start to kind of run the show. It's like, you know, uh, having a higher power, or your, you know, your, your, your connection to say God, um, allowing that force that centrifugal force to flow through in and through you uninvaded literally is you know creating your reality in form and you know creating your full life experience so um how you feel is literally you know uh that's you know that is your point of attraction that's what you're attracting magnetically through the quantum field through you know everything that we look at through this lens called or lens is called the eyes so i yeah. didn't expect the quantum physics to come into the conversation but i'm glad it did because that is something that i find very passionate you know very passionate topic as well and it's like i loved everything you said there you know the really having alignment between the metaphysical body and our and our physical body and through that creating an intent that consistently allows for that win or learn mentality or outlook rather than you know, having that black and white of win or lose. And, you know, well, while we formally, when those were out of alignment, you know, we would formally be telling ourselves you had to be perfect, you need to be a certain way. When those are in alignment, really being able to acknowledge that there is no way you need to be just kind of, just experiencing the moment as it is, yeah. creating, you know, creating attention in any way you feel is uh, going to benefit you, benefit you in a healthy way. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is and accepting that and knowing you're good enough throughout that process, no matter what. Well, that's the thing is why, and one of the reasons why so many people are living in fear and anxiety these days. And, you know, I, I mean, look, I, I'm not unique. I, I experience anxiety uh, every day at some point, usually in many different, uh, in different ways. And it's, it's very, it's very uncomfortable to feel anxious and panicky and whatnot, because sometimes you think you're going to have a goddamn heart attack. And, but, you know, I, I think that the most important part is when you're having, say, an anxiety attack or a panic attack, you're overwhelmed, is to actually kind of like reframe it and be like, has it ever taken me down? Has it taken me down yet? Am I feeling yeah. a little bit associated from body and whatnot? Well, the thing is, is it's okay. To feel out of body sometimes it's okay that that's completely okay because at the end of the day 
the greatest forces are intangible and unseen. So, you know, that's why you have to really use your imagination here because the imagination is the workshop of the mind. You know, every idea, everything that's constructed and perceptible to man has been constructed through the faculties of the imagination. And, you know, obviously the subconscious mind is the connecting link. So, um, you know, imagination, our creative faculties, all that blended in is actually, you know, formulating uh, the components that make up what is we see in our everyday, you know, 3D reality. So, um, you know, we, won't, we don't want to over-spiritualize things and quantumize things and whatnot, but, um, you know, you can manifest things very, very fast. Everybody's all about the law of attraction. Really, the law of attraction is just the law of vibration. We live in a vibrational universe and when we can come into alignment on that same vibration, just like a radio transmitter, we can actually create what we visualize in very, very uh, exponential, fast amount of times. I love that, man. That's a great, yeah. you know, I, I've heard that explained in a variety of different ways, but that was one of the best ways I've ever heard it explained in, in, a, in a sense that is very easy to understand for anyone listening along too. And I feel like it's, it's a beautiful understanding that when we have that awareness of what that is and what that can bring to your life. Try to it, complicate like, things. You know, so many people, they, they try to, you know, law of attraction, law of vibration, whatever you want to call it, ma magnetics, da, 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 bioenergetics, you know, they, they, they'll make it about money. But then the first thing they do is they go into a lack mentality, you know, so all we, we are, our birthright is, is abundance. You know, you look at nature, the abundance of nature. Yeah, granted, they're cutting down half the rainforest and messing with us with all kinds of BS these days. But, you know, we can actually create from the formless substance that creates all things. We're molding energy with our thoughts as we speak right now. So um, it's trying not to complicate things. You know, if you want something bad enough and have a burning desire, which is the, you know, that's the triggering mechanism, so to speak, with, which breathes life and vitality into the vibration of thought, you know, write that down with the deliberate art of intent, so to speak. You know, there's an, there, it's the, the art form isn't rocket science. It's, it's, it's having that burning desire from within to create something that, hasn't been brought into form but you know because you can see in your imagination that it can happen and you know it's look uh, i mean uh, i'm not gonna re uh, reinvent the wheel here but uh you know someone thought of a wheel before it became a wheel you know someone someone thought of a phone became before it became a phone someone thought of a plane before it became a plane and you know we uh, are able to crack the sound barrier apparently you know <laughs> no one ever thought we put a man, uh, put a man on the moon whether or not that's conspiracy theory that's uh, uh, who knows but uh, you know um, we've we've uh, we've made the impossible possible in so many aspects and when it comes down to frequencies even you know like we're on a frequency right now you know the vibratory tone, vibratory tone that we're speaking in through these devices to create a podcast which who knows how many people will listen to but let's just say one person gets it maybe they get it and they can put that information onto somebody else that gets a deeper understanding 
about our existence here as uh, mini gods or say radio transmitters that can create anything the goddamn want. Love it, man. So let's, uh, I think that'd be a, a great time to kind of jump into the next uh, question of our conversation. So did you experience any challenges in your journey with mental health that you feel were specific to being a man or that idea of being, you know, what it means to be a man? You know, um, I think, uh, look, I haven't always been a good boy in relationships. And uh, I always wanted growing up to be with one woman, that'd be the love of my life and the perfect story uh, book with the pick, white picket fence and all that kind of stuff it didn't happen especially with the hockey culture. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, um, I think being cheated on um, was probably the first experience I had with feeling I'm good enough. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy of love. Uh, this guy is better than I am. And, you know, that was kind of my first kind of bout with being in a depressed state for a while. And then, when that ended, you know, wondering, am I going to be in, or is this next relationship going to be different or is it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think that was my first real experience with having, uh, you know, being a man and uh, feeling not wanted. Thank you for sharing that, man. That one, that one's a tough one. And that's one as well that I can relate from personal experience as well. My marriage to my, uh, the mother of my first three children had ended of, you know, with a similar dynamic of there being cheating between her and a close friend of mine. And I can really relate to, you know, just the emotional aftermath of that, of questioning yourself if you're good enough. And alongside that, the, the lack of trust or the lack of faith in things that you kind of bring into the next relationship and how it can create all this havoc, not only within the relationship, but even within you internally, when you, you know, I don't know if you're like myself in those situations, but I knew I could recognize that I was bringing a lack of trust. I was bringing, you know, something unhealthy to the dynamic with this new partner. And I could admit it to myself, but, you know, it was almost something that I wouldn't say aloud because I felt like a shame over that. And it then became a bit of a, something that, you know, dug its claws into future situations and would end them simply because I hadn't actually learned the lesson that that lesson, you know, that maybe was coming with that experience. I kind of ignored it and it came up a few times before I finally got to my current partnership here now that I'm in where we've able, we've been able to have those kind of conversations and been able to talk about, you know, the having trust and good communication and all the different things that might've been missing before, but that could be added now to, you know, grow forward in that journey. Well, absolutely. That's, you know, in so many cases, uh, people bring their past relationships into their current relationships. Yeah. And that's why it's so important, I think, before moving on into a new relationship, that we have the relationship with ourselves in check and realize that we got to give ourselves maybe a little bit of time. You know, people, they, they love to just, you know, okay, uh, they get lonely. Uh, I have to be with someone right away just to fill a void. But, you know, you have to fill that void within yourself and be good with yourself and really, really trust yourself before you trust another mate, so to speak, partner, however you name it, girlfriend, boyfriend yeah. for one that's, uh, you know, 
uh, you know, gay or whatever. I care less if you're gay, straight, whatever. I mean, it's relationships or relationships. And, and, you know, even, uh, you know, beyond a sexual intimate relationship, even relationships in business or whatever, you know, if we've been distrusted and, you know, not trusted people and whatever, and been burned in certain ways, and maybe we've been the one that have been in the wrong, Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, I, you know, relationships are relationships. And if we can't have that trust and the confidence to move forward and into the unknown too, a lot of the times, and because life is an opportunity, you know, it's a chance, it's an opportunity. So every day and every blessed breath that we have is an opportunity to grow and learn from. So, you know, it's, you know, sometimes, you know, we get out of these relationships and the first person we resent is ourselves because we take a lot of blame on and then we start blaming the other person but then we forget about what we learned and how we fell in love say with that person in the first place so a lot of times we get into these relationships and we become very complacent and we start taking advantage of that person because we don't actually realize like why and how and that feeling when we first fell for that person in the first place and vice versa and then the relationship become, can become very codependent or one-sided. And that can bring out a lot of destructive behavior patterns, uh, cause, a lot, cause a lot of discord within oneself. And then, you, you know, it becomes messy. Then fights ensue, arguments and whatnot that are completely unneeded. And at the end of the day, it's, it's usually, you know, oh, I'm blaming this person. She did that or he did this or he did that. And at the end of the day, you know, so many of these issues uh, uh, can be resolved in a heartbeat, but because all these relationships were still being programmed subconsciously, what if that happens, yeah. what if this happens, vice versa? I mean, I can go on and on about this, but at the end of the day, I think it's like we really, really got to show compassion to ourselves and compassion to that other individual. We're both we're human beings having a spiritual or spiritual beings having a human experience. Okay. Now, within that, we have to realize that that other person has a spirit inside them as well that feels and 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 you know, so playing off that energetic frequencies of each other's you know roadmap moving forward, it's like you know, we got to be really careful on how we treat each other. And, you know, even if things are going bad, it's important, I think, not to yell, not to have that hatred towards that other person and being able to let go when it's time to let go. That's it. Yeah, that is beautiful, man. And I believe, I feel like in a way it kind of touches on some of the things you had mentioned in the beginning of our conversation on the sense of like manifestation. And I believe that as you had mentioned, you know, when we are having that lack of trust within ourselves internally, then it comes out in our relationships, whether it's with friends, partners, children, people we see on the street, people at work, and vice versa, when we're having that sharing love to ourselves, when we're giving ourselves patience, kindness, compassion, you know, then we start to manifest that same kind of energy and the same kind of communication in our relationships. And I feel like that's such an important thing to have awareness of so that we, we start to, you know, realize that it, it's, it often starts from within and fueling ourselves with love so that we can, you know, fill our cup and overflow into others around us rather than, you know, going everywhere with a half empty kind of perception. 
hundred percent. I mean, there's a reason why I haven't been in a relationship for quite some time because the last three girlfriends that I had, they've all been the same kind of relationship. You know, uh, you get on that vibe and you're attracting the same kind of girl over and over again. It's like, I've had to learn the lesson. There's a lesson to be learned there. Why am I attracting the same kind of person into my life over and over again? Well, it's obviously because I haven't heard, learned the lesson yet. You know, too quick to give, too uh, quick to maybe give too much, too, uh, you know, too, too much too soon. And, you know, that's why, you know, cultivating uh, a relationship of trust, you know, it takes a little bit of time. You know, so many people are just so quick to just jump into a relationship, uh, you know, uh, the guy or the girl stays over uh, one or two nights. Next, thing you know, the toothbrush is there and then the closet's full. And, uh, you know, there's an engagement ring on this person within six months. And they think that's the one. And uh, you're down the road, a divorce, uh, and it can be messy. I mean, uh, look, like I said, at the end of the day, it all comes down to the relationship that we have with ourselves. And if that's good and we're okay with that and we understand that we're going to be emotional sometimes, we're going to cry, we're going to get a little bit angry, you know, we're, we're driven on the human emotions, but we can only control so much. So it's, I think it's really beneficial that, you know, when we get into a relationship with another person, that everything's kind of, you know, balanced, so to speak, within our own personal being. Absolutely. All right. So let's uh, jump into our next question. So I would love to ask you, were there any other men in your life that you feel experienced challenges with mental health in a way that, you know, was just something that kind of stood out to you and was influential in your life? Oh, 100%. I mean, I got a, a, a list probably about 75 million miles long. Um, well, what now, would be one of the kind of the biggest uh, experiences or the ones that you feel you know, maybe where the, uh, amongst yeah. the most impact. You know, a person who I relate to the most in my life uh, today is probably uh, Brent Sopel. Uh, you know, we played junior against each other years ago, and uh, you know, we 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 formulate we have a great relationship. He's, you know, I I call him. He's, you know, a, a very very close one of I would say one of my best friends. You know, I have a few uh, best friends uh, and, you know, um, not saying that my circle's massive or anything like that, but, you know, if you're in my circle and you're a friend, you're a best friend. And, you know, um, trauma is, is the topic between, you know, like it's, it's getting to this point of, of, of our life and it's, it's, and you look back and you're like, holy shit, I did that to myself. This happened. I allowed that to happen. Such fast lane lifestyles you know with the booze and the drugs and the party sex drugs rock and roll you know yeah. he was cup champion i was the king of weed so to speak at the time on uh, you know it's been featured on national geographic and blah 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 big deal that was only an identity which i took on for that time brent sopel same kind of guy just like you and i just like everybody else he just chose a different path he had a fast lane lifestyle when the stanley cup you know sex drugs rock and roll fast lane now he's sober almost six years same with me same deal you know so you know very parallel lives just different too much money too soon you're able to do whatever the heck you want whenever you want no rules for you when you have it and so you know him and i we go back and forth and just i mean we shake our heads half the time 
Um, but you know, there's deep wounds there too, deep wounds that take a lifetime of therapy and healing and your own therapy of like actually sitting with those emotions, letting them pass and understand why they need to pass and why you need to process them. Because if you don't, then you suppress them. And then what happens with that? Then you get depressed and you're not able to actually, you know, um, I would say move forward because you're clinging on to the goddamn past. And really there is no past or future. There's only now. And so having that peace of mind in the present moment is what we're all say searching and yearning for. But I think it's something that we all deserve because if we can all be more present and more loving and accepting in that fucking moment, then, you know, it gives us that opportunity to show up and just be the best version of who you see in the mirror. So I, that, man. I think that story is a great uh, example for everyone listening and really embodies what we're trying to, you know, inspire and accomplish with a conversation of this nature. I mean, just normalizing the subject, bringing the, the to- topic of men's mental health uh, into, you know, the everyday conversation and especially when it's between friends between partners i feel like between friends is really crucial as men because that's who we're going to be you know you know talking about with these things more often than not whether if it's not our partner odds are it's going to be a close buddy and the reality is that men most of us grew up not really having that as a you know a way of dealing with these things we were programmed not to really be open with our emotions and our our tough thoughts, especially with our buddies. You know, we had to be tough. We had to be, you know, we didn't want to be the the wimp or any other name, you know, you could kind of hear um, alongside that. And I feel like, so, you know, you t- relating that experience between yourself and Brent and having those conversations, being able to be open and vulnerable with each other, sharing experiences, sharing advice, sharing you know, ideas of what's worked for either one of you. And he just texted me. So he just came up on the screen. So he must be, uh, universe universe always has our back whenever we, you know, it's always aligning us with where we need to be. And I feel like that's actually pretty funny timing. That's how it works. But I feel, you know, that really um, is something that's so important for people to see. And I think it really bodes well and kind of, kind of guides well into the question I was hoping to ask. And, I feel like you did cover it a little bit, but you know, I was hoping to ask you, how do you feel men can better support each other moving forward when it comes to something like creating that positive mental mindset? And I know you touched on it a little bit there, but do you have anything that you would love to expand on that subject while we're kind of- There's a reason why 85% of the suicides in the world right now are men, okay? So, you know, we've had to take on this so-called, you know, tough guy or, you know, uh, persona that, you know, we're not allowed to share our feelings and, you know, we, 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 we're not allowed to be vulnerable or say, show our, a little bit of our feminine side, you know, like we all have male aspects and feminine aspects of our being, whether or not we're heterosexual or, or, or gay, it doesn't matter. And, you know, the thing is, it's of utmost importance, you know, to, I think create more groups in your community. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be AA or NA or any of that kind of stuff. I mean, those 12 steps in AA can be used as life steps. And, you know, um, 
you know, I, I think, you know, if, if, if you're, you know, uh, everyone's saying I'm a mental health advocate. Well, I would say, well, what are you doing to be a mental health advocate? Because anybody can say that. I mean, I'm an advocate for mental health. Okay, sitting right here talking to you today. But, you know, even if I'd never done anything to try to like, you know, make a dent in the world of ex expanding the acceptance of no fucking stigma, I'm still just a guy talking to you on a podcast. I'm no different. I'm no better. I'm no worse. I'm just a human being trying to enjoy this experience and the, the way it can be more enjoyed. And, you know, you, you, you want to talk about that word joy. That's what we deserve to feel. And the way we're going to feel that is through human connection. And if we don't have that connection, say with other men that understand where we're coming from, that are open and uh, willing to show their vulnerable side, then what do we have? You know, that, that there's just more division. There's just more conflict. There's just more guys puffing their chests out when they don't have to. Because half those guys are soft teddy bears at the end of the day anyways. Look, I had the, an ego the side of Tur Toad Island or whatever the hell you want to say it. You know, making all this money back in the day. Thought I was the king of swing. That's bullshit. You know, today, uh, you know, I sit here and I'm an open book. And I know that I have to be that way. Or I don't have to be. I choose to be that way so I can you know do the best I can not just to be an advocate because you know I believe that uh, you know awareness is through action and so if you can actually be in the flow of action of an ex of an example then other people can actually pick up on that and then do things in their own way to pay it forward to the next person that comes along their way and that benefits everybody so it's, it's the ripple effect of positivity, Phil, really at the end of the day. We can't always be on the positive charge, but, you know, there's the negative side of the atom and there's the positive side of the atom. So if we can, you know, it's the yin and the yang. Yeah, but absolutely. But at the end of the day, it's being able to, you know, suck the juice out of the, out of the positive aspects and understand that all through all the chaotic crap that's going on in the world right now, we don't have to focus on that so much. We can actually focus on the positive aspects and, and, and really try to take advantage of the opportunities that we have. Because you know what? Some of these opportunities only come along once in a lifetime. So, you know, you either embrace them or you push them to the side. Like, um, Lean in. I get to a lot of shows and, um, you know, I'm very picky. I'm picky and choosy on how I can actually, um, you know, what message do I have to give to society that's going to benefit society in its utmost fulfill fulfillment, you know? So, I mean, the one thing I can say always, and I'll stick to it, is that any mental health issue, any mental illness that you suffer from or you think you suffer from or that you're going through, whether it be a brain injury or whatnot, I'm so, I'm so... Uh, my empathy goes out to you, but mental illness doesn't define you. You define you. It's you that defines you at the end of the day. What you think of yourself and, uh, and you know, you can create yourself to be whoever the hell you want to be. It's just a matter of putting that focused thought energy into the stream of awareness and then, you know, building each layer every day on spiritual growth and you know and that's mind body and soul i love that and it brings to mind uh something i like to often tell myself and anyone i come across which is you know 
share love and you know how whether with yeah. yourself or with the people around you and like you said that ripple effect when you share that love with yourself the way you know how and you share that love with the people around you the way you know how they will receive it in the way that they receive they will give it out you know in the way that they know how as well and we're all going to be different in that regard we're all going to be unique in how we share and receive love but if that is i believe that's ultimately the, the you know the intent behind our actions, our thoughts, and our emotions, whenever we have the ability to create that intent consciously, I feel that, you know, we're, we're doing the best we can to move forward and make the world a loving place. And to me, that's, you know, that's the name of the game. That's kind of like the, the ultimate goal. It's all about love. Yeah. Love is the highest form of vibration that you can, that is, that is, that is available to us in the universe if we allow it in. And if we give it back, it's all about love. And I really think that we are in a transition right now. We're in a massive spiritual shift and people are waking up to that fact that we have to be, we have to, in order for this, for our, for, for humanity right now, where we stand sustain. And actually I, I know there's all these things that are going on, obviously with the last couple of years with the, with, with, with the C word, which is a swear word to me with what's going on over there in the Eastern block. You know what? We can focus on that or we can actually, you know, really pull that love from the, from, from our inner being being and give it back the best we can. And, you know, cause we can only do what we can do, what we can do, but the more we love ourselves, the more that radiates outwards and other people pick up on that as well. So, you know, to me, it's give love, get love, give yeah. more love, more love comes back. And you know what? Love hurts sometimes too, but that's okay because, uh, you know, we are, a bit, we're a lot more resilient than we give ourselves credit for. And um, I was just never give up. Just don't get, there's so many people that are dying these days, you know, addiction issues, mental health crisis and suicides are all time high. Who's kidding who? We can smile, we can laugh, we can be joyful, but at the end of the day, we still have to understand that we are in the midst of a mental health crisis, the biggest one ever that has hit this planet probably. You know, the one, you know, people like us, you know, I mean, our grandparents, they experienced the Holocaust and world wars and whatnot. Yeah, tough, but this is different. This is, a, this is like psychological warfare and spiritual warfare at the same time and te technological warfare, you know, and, and chemical. And who knows? I mean, we only know what they tell us. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's the layman people of the world. It's just the, the people that, that are, we as a collective just need to come together more and unify and really just do our best to make this place a better place as we're here. You know, because our, our physical bodies are only here for so long, but our spirits are eternal and last forever. Love it, man. So the last question I would love to ask you is, when was the last time that you did not feel man enough? And why was that? <laughs> I don't know, when I was wearing my mother's panties. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> Never done that. Uh, when was the last time I didn't feel man enough? God. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's a good question. I think the last time I didn't feel man enough um, was when I couldn't be there for my daughter uh, because of my ban 
of not being allowed back to the United States of America. So I, I felt like I wasn't man enough to be the father that I had the potential to be. Um, I'm very grateful that I have a good relationship with my daughter today. Um, I can't get those years back, but I, I, I think that's got to be the one there that hits my heartstrings the most is that I think I, I, I could have been a better man if I would have made a, a, a better or different, say, uh, decision uh, not to carry marijuana across the border. Thank you for but sharing, brother. I, I do my best to be uh, a good person these days. Uh, those days of international drug smuggling are done. And, uh, you know, I try to have as much fun with my life now with, uh, you know, doing bike rides across countries for a purpose. I love that, man. That's a very powerful thing to share. And thank you for being vulnerable with that experience because- I do, so. life isn't easy. Well, we just try to, have, we have to try to simplify the difficulties of it, that's it. Absolutely agree. So thank you so much for joining me on the show today, man. I really appreciate everything you've shared, everything that we've had a chance to talk about. I feel like this has been really impactful in my journey. So I can only imagine for anyone listening along that it's going to be impactful for them as well. And uh, so I just want to say thank you so much. And I hope you have a wonderful day. Everyone who's listening in, you know, if there's any message I can impart to you from our conversation today i think it is one of the things that we touched on at the end you know keep sharing love any way you know how to yourself and to others around you and you know we're gonna be all right lots of love and we will talk to you later my friends this pause in the episode is to take a moment to remind you that you are loved you are good enough, no matter what. I see you. I honor you. I send you my love, brothers. Now back to the episode. Thank you all for joining me today on our show, A New Mentality. I hope you all enjoyed what you heard. And if you did, I would really love if you were to share this with your friends post this to your Instagram stories. And if you have a moment to jump on, you know, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple, I'd be ever grateful if you were to pop on there and give the show a rating. This allows more people to find us and for this message to spread farther and farther around the globe. Lots of love. Have a wonderful day. Keep sharing the love you have any way you know how. Positive energy, Phil. Signing out for now.